right, here we go. Another episode of In the Clinch here. I'm your host, John Cox, with my co-host, Theo, the international man of mystery. Say hi to the people, Theo. What's going on, everybody? All right, we had a great weekend of fights. Um, I saw most of them, thankfully. I was on a birthday party, but I threw them on in the background, and everyone was yelling at me for watching the fights and not partying, but as is how it goes. Um, Good main event. A lot to talk about now. Definitely, um, we have a whole bunch to talk about on, on today's episode. Um, we'll start out with some easy stuff, uh, just some general MMA news. Daniel Dariush and his wife welcomed in their baby, finally, baby Alva, uh, baby girl, and as did Anthony Pettis had a baby girl as well. So congratulations to both of them. We know they're both listening, so um, congratulations. I hope they're both doing well, healthy, everything like that. Um, but on the topic of kids, I don't know if you saw this video, Theo, but Wonder Boy and his gym with like the 30, like 10 year olds charging him. I'll try to find the video if I can. Uh, I don't remember. I think he must've tweeted it out, but it just sparked my brain. Uh, it's, it's a video. If you haven't seen it, Wonder Boy's kind of standing and he puts his mouth guard in. They turn the camera around and there's like 30, 10 year olds just staring at him and they all run and jump all over him. And I was thinking <laughs> how many 10 year olds would it take to really like actually incapacitate Wonder Boy? If he was like really trying, there's a lot of different variables that go into this. Because I mean, is he in an open field? Uh, is he in, in the a gym? cage? Yeah, does he have a weapon? Let's say, okay. Um, let's say in a gym. If it's if he's in okay, let's say he's in the gym on the open mat area. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit bigger than the cage. Yep. Um, if he's going full tilt, if he's really going for it. Now, okay, are these kids from his gym that kind of know what they're doing? I think this um, let's call it like 50-50. Like, some of them do, some of them don't. Some of them are just like psycho little tenderings that just want to... Yeah, and even if they do, yeah, even if they do, they've, they've had like entry-level experience. Right, right. Um, honestly, I think you get through like 50, 55. Yeah, I'm thinking like like quantity over quality like just if you just send like 200 like it's just going to be too many people to like keep track of you know something like that right the first the first five are just getting yeah, tossed yeah, the first, it, it yeah. really depends it, it really depends on both of their methods like if if they all go at the same time their chances get way better but if they all try one by one going up it's it's going to oh, be easy yeah, to wonder boy so I think you'd have to go like I don't know. the bad company first and just have like the, the shit kids just go first and then like see what happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's from the cavalry first. Yeah. So I don't know. People, I, I'm saying people. I, I can't. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think what, I'm saying what five. UFC fighter like would just beat the shit out of kids. There's kind of be a oh, one to sign up for it. Yeah, like Wonder Boy would be like the bottom of that list. He was just too nice. He wouldn't do anything like that. But yeah, no, I don't think I'm trying he to would. Think of like a UFC fighter that would be like, yeah, I think like maybe Diego Sanchez would just be like, just see them as the enemy. He wouldn't really care how old they were. Yeah, <laughs> I think uh, maybe Jeremy Stevens might go for it too. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Uh, <laughs> I think maybe if he like got McGregor, if his, he's just because his ego, like he just can't take a loss. So <laughs> maybe if the kids are the money fight, yeah, <laughs> if they're the right, th- yeah, yeah, yeah. If you got Marvin Vittori angry enough, he could probably do it. Yeah, definitely. Paulo Costa, I think he might, like, just out of confusion. <laughs> like, you just, like, you wouldn't really know what was going on. I think Paulo would say yes initially, but then he would probably ask for more money and then wouldn't end up doing it. <laughs> oh, <man>. oh, Paulo. <laughs> Poor Paulo. 
that's a fun little topic. We'll, we'll touch back on that at some point. Uh, let's get into the real stuff, though. We had a great night of fights here. Uh, UFC Fight Night and the UFC Apex Center. Chan Sung Jung versus Dan 50K Ige. Uh, something interesting, too, I noticed. Uh, my buddy was, we were all watching it, and my buddy's girlfriend was like, Is his last name Zombie, really? And I looked down, and they had his name as Zombie on the little graphic. I never yeah. saw that before. I never noticed that. I don't know if it's just something I just never noticed before, or if it's like something they did for the first time, but I was like, That's kind of cool. Yeah, it's been that way for a while, actually. I've always thought that I, was yeah, I interesting. I never noticed that. That's wild. Because, like, his last name is Sung Jung. Right. Like, it's not, it's not like that would be too hard to put there, right, but that's. They just advertise him as the Korean zombie all week on ESPN. So they're like, all right, we may as well just write zombie in this corner. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> it really isn't that hard to like pronounce, but eh, whatever. It is whatever. Right. Um, someone it's definitely is... way harder and worse to pronounce in the UFC. Like, remember when Yuan Yon Jacek first won the belt, people just called her Yuana Champion. Champion. Yeah, like, Chang Sung Jung is a pretty easy one to say, but yeah, right. the Korean zombie is just a nickname that is, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so let's start. First fight I want to talk about, which I was super excited about. I got to see the immortal Matt Brown living up to the name immortal and then some 40 years old gets the KO knockout over Diego Lima. He has now finished both Lima brothers, I believe. And he is fourth all time welterweight wins, fourth all time in finishes, I believe. If I, if I got those both right. Um, this was an awesome fight. I was super excited to see Matt Brown fight. Love Matt Brown. He's a fan favorite for sure. 25 and 18 now professionally um, in Yeah, how about Matt Brown? Yeah, fantastic. Turning back the clock. No joke. At 40 yeah. years old. As he said, not bad for a 40-year-old. I have to agree with him. Yeah, yeah. I was super impressed by uh, his timing on the, on this knockout. Um, I, I honestly didn't have too high of expectations for Matt Brown heading in this fight. Uh, I, I thought this was a matchup that was going to show his uh, age, show his lack of speed. But no, he, he came in there and he, he got a perfect, an impressive performance. Um, there's a lot of fun fights for Matt Brown out there now. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of guys like in, in, his, in his sort of category of fun fights with older fighters. So um, I'm excited to see what he does next. But yeah, feel good night for Matt Brown. Yeah, definitely a feel-good night for Matt Brown. Not a good feel, uh, feel-good night for Diego Lima now. Two losses in a row, one coming to Bilal Muhammad back at UFC 258 on February 13th. That was what really propelled uh, Bilal Muhammad into the spotlight and got him that fight with Leon Edwards. A fantastic performance from him through three rounds. It was a decision, ultimately. Uh, and then, of course, getting knocked out by Matt Brown. And a highlight KO, too. This was not a TKO by any means. This was a walk-off right-hand. See you later. Good night. Walk-off KO. Um uh, I, I, I'm curious what now Diego Lima does. I guess he's probably just going to stay right in the middle of the pack where he's been at welterweight for a while. Uh, and then maybe Matt Brown gets some sort of, um, I don't want to say like, I don't know, money fight, if that's what you want to call it. Like just something to give him like something to give him a little extra cash in his pocket, a little more eyeballs on him, because I don't know, he's not going to make a, a run for the title at welterweight. He's probably not going to drop down either and go anywhere else to do it. I'm curious how much longer he's going to keep fighting. Like he said, he is 40 years old, and you know this fight game is the fight game. It can only you can only do it for so long. But when you see guys like Matt Brown, the immortal Matt Brown, I mean, you you wonder how long he can keep doing it. But 40 seems old for me. Yeah, I guess um, in terms of what's next for him, the question is how much is the UFC willing to repay him for everything? Mm-hmm. Um, if you're in your 40s at all, and, and you come off a KO like that, you deserve for your next fight to be like 
maybe opening up the main card of a pay-per-view or that right. the ESPN, like, I don't even know what the, like the, like the featured prelim bout that mm-hmm. like leads into the pay-per-view card. Right. You know, they, they could put him in one of those spots easily and, and show his highlights and he's an easy person to market. So yeah, definitely. yeah. Um, there's a lot of options out there for Matt Brown in terms of what's next. And I'm trying to think of where Matt Brown is from. I almost want to say Nebraska, but I don't know if that's totally accurate. I think it's somewhere around that area. Um, so I'm trying to think of maybe you could do a hometown fight for him. But I, I think it's Nebraska. And I don't know if they do a lot of uh, UFC fights in Nebraska. I'm not sure if they have before. Yeah, I can't think Ohio. of Ohio. No, it's Ohio. Jamestown, Ohio. Okay, so um, have they fought in Ohio? Yeah, Columbus. They uh, won the oh, right, uh, yeah. defended against uh, Overeem. Yeah, so maybe throw him on a Stipe card if Stipe comes back and decides he wants to keep fighting or wants to go take him a rematch or something. I say maybe like a big fight like that. You know, it's a big card, a uh, lot of eyes on the card, except like, and exactly what you said. Maybe put him on the featured prelim. A lot of people watching the ESPN prelims for a big fight like that. Maybe uh, you know, just give him a little extra. Here you go. Thanks for all your time in the UFC. Um, he's obviously. I don't think he said anything about retiring. So, um, I, I don't know what his well, plan is right now. Yeah, he, he fully intends to keep going uh, for how long that is. I guess we'll see. But, yeah, definitely uh, throw him on an Ohio card. We know Stipe is probably going to come back and fight a contender before he, he can get about with the winner of uh, the next heavyweight title fight. So, um, yeah, we'll see. Well, we've got some breaking news here. Uh, seven hours ago, Matt Brown pondering fighting future after KO win. Quote, I wouldn't be surprised if I didn't fight again. So there you go. Oh. I guess that wraps up. Well, nope, I guess not. <laughs> he said he the last five minutes of this podcast. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Um, nah, I mean, it doesn't, we've seen guys say stuff like that before and who knows. Uh, I mean, he looked good. He really did look good. It wasn't even like a, and I don't think it was a lucky shot at all. I think it was a calculated uh, knockout. I think he did fine. Mm-hmm. He looks sound in there. So, I mean, like we said, we've seen guys talk about, oh, I think I might be down. I think I might go this. Paul Felder did the same thing. He came back and fought again on short notice. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe they give him one more swan song or whatever. Um, someone else who impressed me was, I don't know how to say his name, Choi, Choi Sung-woo, I think is his name. Uh, fantastic knockout, Julian Arosa. Julian Arosa, Juicy J, my guy. Uh, great. I don't know if you saw the knockout or not, but it was a stiff right hand. I mean, just as, as textbook as it gets, right on the chin, drops Julian Arosa. This kid moves to 10 and 3 now in the featherweight division. Maybe someone to keep your eye on. Yeah, I, I didn't even see the knockout. What, what happened? So uh, it was Julian Arosa, Chinsung, or Choi. I, I wish I knew how to say this goddamn kid's name. Choi Sung Choi Sung Woo, I think. I, I always call him Choi. Um, it was an early knockout, uh, or I shouldn't say early, first round. Uh, late in the round, just calculated. He was, it was a feeling round for the most part, and then he just delivers a straight right. Um, oh no, this was early in the round. I'm sorry, it was 137 to the first. I was looking at the wrong thing. Yeah, so like real off the bat, you know, just a feeler round, and then he just found his spot, delivered a swift right hand. I'll see if I can find it for you on Twitter or something. Um, but just impressive. He just looked good, calm, composed in there, and featherweight, you know, it's. Featherweight is featherweight. It's it's always good to see someone else maybe making a splash down there at the bottom of the division because yeah, and such a good division. You know, we'll we've, see. we've always talked about the top fifteen of, of featherweight and mm-hmm. top fifteen of bantamweight and lightweight always being super super deep. But now we're kind of seeing these these guys that maybe aren't ranked that uh, they've got tremendous ability too. We're yeah. really seeing the true depth of these divisions, and uh, it's on full display here. 
Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of people have been critical recently about the prospect pool that the UFC brings in based off of, like, just contender series and stuff like that. They, they don't feel like the UFC gets the real, like, the best prospects in the world. Um, and this is a good kind of argument for that, is that you're seeing how deep these divisions really are with these unranked guys. Yeah, these, you made a great point there. There's a lot of guys who are unranked. I mean, you want to think about somebody even like uh, Sean O'Malley, who wasn't ranked for as long as he wasn't ranked. Um, I'm not even sure if he is ranked still. I think he's got to be. He's ranked. not. He's currently still unranked. Yeah, so, I mean, look at someone like that. I mean, this kid is like, Sean O'Malley is definitely the future of the division at some point, whether or not he plays his cards right and he can work his way into good fights and take fights that are right for him and work his way back up, or no, I shouldn't say back up, up to the top and go for the belt. It's that's more on him on what he wants to do. I mean, this kid Chen Sung, Chen Young Joy, I fucking I'm gonna keep butchering this, Chen Su Wu, whatever the fuck. Uh, he just looks. He's just one of those guys where it's unranked. You're like, who's this kid? And then he goes in there, puts on a performance, and you're like, holy shit! Like this is someone to keep an eye on. Um, reminding me, his striking reminded me somewhat of uh, Calvin's, and he was just sitting on his punches. It was only, a, I mean, it was a quick fight. But, I mean, he had a snap in right hand, and that's what ended up ending the fight. Uh, Julian Arosa, credit to him for sticking around as long as he has. I hope he keeps fighting. But, um, yeah, to what you said, credit to what you said, all these unranked guys that you keep seeing now, and before you know it, they're either on the ranks or they're in a big fight uh, at a co-main. Or, I mean, this is fourth fight of the night, so it's late into the night. Uh, or third fight third fight of the night yeah third fight of the night so it's it's almost it's too below the co-main you know people are starting to tune in get some eyes on you and stuff like that um this is one of those fights though where i wish it wasn't at the apex center because i wish there was people there to see it i mean it would have been i don't know how many people they fit in the apex center i think there is a small crowd correct or am i is there no yeah it was like it was like 30 people maybe or like is it yeah i was gonna say it's even epic um it didn't look it looked like a high school baseball game Right, yeah. So it's like uh, I, I like the Apex Center and uh, for stuff like this, I suppose, for fight nights. But like, I just feel like you're wasting uh, a great main event with like Chan Sung Jung and Dan Ige on nobody in the crowd. You feel like you could have done it better. Maybe go to a smaller venue that um, doesn't get a lot of attention or something like that. You don't have to go to Vegas for every fight, you know, or Florida. It's you can go to mix it up, go somewhere that you haven't been in a long time, Alabama or Ohio. Or, you know, crazy places that maybe don't get a lot of um, a lot of events like this. But nevertheless, it's still a great fight. It's still a great fighter, and uh, he looked really good. And I'm excited to see him fight again. Yeah, and uh, to what you just said, I guess it just really depends on where the UFC is willing to go based on the code restrictions and everything. Mm -hmm. um, one thing I, I didn't really like that Dana said was that he was willing to keep all the fight nights still at the apex until further notice. Yeah. I feel like at this point, like if we're able to have fans in this, in the stands, right. like let's just go out, let's just have these fight nights in different places all across the country. Like, That's I mean, saying. obviously it's, it's just easier for them to do it in Vegas in the apex is it's a lot easier in terms of scheduling and travel and all these types of things. But, I mean, if we're opened up, we're ready to, back, we're ready to go, and let's bring the show back to the fans. Let's let's get these fight nights in big arenas because they'll still get a good pop. Right. It's Yeah, and exactly. Sometimes with a fighter like this, so let's say you're a dedicated fan like we are, uh, maybe not a casual, but, like, you go um, – I'm thinking of, like, uh, when Chris Wyden made his lightweight – or what is it, lightweight or light heavyweight debut? Light heavyweight debut. Um, it was in Boston, and it's like you get – to you're not going to pay crazy pay-per-view prices because it's not a mcgregor fight it's not a steep a fight 
it's just like a fight night and the prices are still going to be steep but not as insane as it would be if it was a big title money fight like that and you get to see someone like chris weidman fight or in this case matt brown diego lima um alexi olenic if you're into that kind of stuff chan sung jung danny like these are major fighters that i think could move tickets and I, it's weird to me that they keep doing it at the apex center but i understand why because it is definitely easier to organize for the ufc to keep it in town yeah and especially in a, in a year after post pandemic where the ufc out of every single league benefited the most they they gained right. the most out of anybody right. for the longest time the ufc was the only thing that was on so in my opinion, the sport's grown even more than it has the year before, which 2019 was already a great year. 2020. All right, so we got to kind of back through these here. We're having some tough Zoom issues, but as, as can be with Zoom, um, hopefully we'll get some in-person stuff soon, but we'll see how things go. Uh, anyways, you were talking about how the UFC is the one major sport, if you want to call it a major sport, that benefited during the pandemic. Yeah, because for the longest time, you know, before the NBA and NHL got their bubble squared away, the UFC was the only thing on. Like, I remember when Tony Ferguson and Justin Gaethje duked it out, that fight, that whole card was crazy because everyone was watching. There was nothing mm -hmm. else to put on. Mm -hmm. um, so... 2019 was a great year for the UFC, obviously, in, in terms of growth. 2020 was, was even better. So I'd imagine that 2021, if you looked at the ticket sales, they're in a way higher demand than they would any other years. Right. Yeah, uh, that's a good point. I, I didn't even think about that, the fact that it's uh, people clamoring back to get to some sort of live sport. Um, my, my one thing that I will say about the UFC, uh, like – continuing to go throughout the entire pandemic was like I, I don't think i remember it was all like these pipe dreams at first of like the fight island thing and then maybe they'll do no crowd yada 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 uh i i just like I, I don't think enough credit has been given to dana white and the ufc for being so innovative and like not really saying no to anything like you know what i'm saying like no no right no option was off the table they, they went like i remember the first article or first like i don't know even what you want to call it headline about a possible fight island and i was like the fuck a fucking fight island like like an actual fight on the beach or like what are they gonna do like bring an octagon right. like outside like what if it rains blah 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 and like they then obviously it evolves into what it has evolved into and now they're talking about a possibility of a fight island like keeping it and then making it a whole thing and making it a resort and making it like um its own fight island experience for people that want to go and watch fights there and stuff like that adding more seats to attendance things in this sort of that uh it's stuff it, it's just cool what they've been able to do and it's cool how mma is such a versatile sport it's not like any other sport where you don't have 25 guys on a team that all need to be accounted for and uh and taken care of and tested and yada yada all that bullshit it's it, it, uh, if you boil it down you really only need two guys i mean obviously you need coaches and stuff but you really only need two guys to be tested negative and good to go yeah it's true i mean the ufc is unique in that way it's an individual sport but yeah we leave it to a guy like dana white and the ufc brass to figure out a crazy way to get everything done during the pandemic and and finding a way to move on mm -hmm. uh so we'll move on here Speaking of moving on, 
Uh, we'll move on to the Max Holloway news. Unfortunately, he has pulled out of the fight versus Yair Rodriguez, which was set to go in, I believe, three weeks or four weeks, something like that. Um, yeah, with the undisclosed injury. Uh, we don't know what the injury is yet. I don't believe. I'm looking right now. I don't see anything. But I know as of right now, Gige Chigazzi is saying he wants to come in and fill the shoes for Max Holloway. And apparently... The rumor has it right now, this is one day ago, that Yair Rodriguez has yet to sign the contract. He's Giga is claiming that he's ducking him. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Man, um, you know, it, it's weird because usually when I, I hear chatter about fighters saying, oh, this guy's ducking me, this guy's scared, this guy doesn't want to sign, mm-hmm. I usually just ignore it, say whatever. It's, it's pre-fight chatter. Negotiation could be strong on either side. Mm-hmm. But, like, man, like, for a guy like Yair Rodriguez, who hasn't fought in so long, mm-hmm. who's constantly involved in these kinds of negotiation battles, yeah. is it hard not to believe yeah, look Chikazi in this uh, situation? Like, I, I could see how Yair, I mean, honestly, I don't even blame him for saying, no, I don't want to fight him. I was getting ready for Max Holloway. The only reason I accepted Max Holloway is because he was a certain opponent that would yeah. do a certain thing for me. If Yair Rodriguez defeats um, Giga. I don't know, Chikese. I'm sorry, I just don't know his name. Um, if he beats him, like, what does that do for Yair Rodriguez? Like, Yair's trying to get in the title picture here. So, I don't blame him for necessarily saying no. But I mean, it's that's probably just the case. Is him just saying no? Like, why would I do that? It doesn't benefit me. Yeah, it doesn't benefit him. Uh, it's definitely a tough opponent though, because Chigazi right now is 13 and two, ranked number 10, and he's racked up eight consecutive wins right now, six under the UFC. Uh, including last May's technical knockout victory over Cub Swanson, his ninth finish in 13 wins. So this is definitely a dangerous fight if you're Yair Rodriguez. But if this is a fight you don't want to take as Yair, which I agree, it doesn't really make much sense. He's lower in the rankings. But if you want to fight, you want to fight. This is the guy to fight. He's saying he wants to fight you. So go in there and fight him. You can hide under the fact that it's like, hey, this is a low-ranking guy. Why would I waste uh, risk injury or waste a camp? fucking going after a low-ranking guy. I think it's a piss-poor excuse if that's the excuse you're going to run with. But, so, uh, yeah, I, I, it, it, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I don't blame it at all. Yeah. Um, so now we're talking about the possibility of Chan Sung Jung getting a title shot. Um, this is a super interesting conversation to have right now. Uh, we have Chan Sung Jung ranked at number four, Yair Rodriguez at number three, Ortega at two, Holloway at one. We know Max is out with an undisclosed injury. Who fucking knows what that injury is? It could be a torn ACL. It could be a broken finger. Who knows? It could be anything in between. could be a two-week thing. could be a two-month thing. We don't know. So we'll take Max out of the picture for right now. Now we have Yair Rodriguez at three, scheduled to fight Max. He doesn't have an opponent as of right now. Chan Sung Jung obviously just fought this weekend. He's at the four spot. Calvin Cater, haven't heard much about him. Don't know if he's ready to go. Josh Emmett is at six. Don't know if he's ready to go. Someone I wouldn't mind him fighting is Arnold Allen. This kid is the fucking I love Arnold Allen, and this kid is cooking right now for sure. I think that's an interesting fight. If that kid's ready to go, I say throw him right into the mix right there because he's down at seven. He could easily jump up to the five or even the six spot. So you're saying you want Arnold Allen to fight who? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Now, see, that's a more interesting fight for me for Yair. You know, if, if I'm Yair, I'm probably taking that. Um, yeah, because if you're Yair and you feel like you can beat one of these guys, either Alan or, or Jigga, 
then um you know the next fight will be there for you in the future right, especially exactly. if um you know uh we'll, we'll see what happens with and volkanovsky but you know that fight is geared up to be a war so they could be out for even longer so yeah exactly. um yeah but you, going back to what you said about korean zombie uh, getting a title shot right now since we don't know what's going on Alright, we're recording again. You gotta bear with us, guys, with the Zoom stuff. It's terrible, but it is what it is. This is what happens during a pandemic. Um, you were talking about Korean Zombie getting a title shot, and you said, we don't know what is up with, and then it cut out for me. I don't know where it cut out for them. But... We don't know what is up with Max Holloway's injury. We don't know how long he's going to be injured for. Is it is it going to be a long-term thing, like you said, or is it going to be short? Um, if it's a short-term injury, then I think you can't really deny Max Holloway a title shot at this 100%, point. Um, 100%. I, I, I mean, I know a lot of people don't really like it when champions fight the same person over and over again, especially for a trilogy bout. But when, in the case of Max Holloway, he was a long-reigning champion in terms of that division. Mm-hmm. Easily a top two greatest featherweight of all time. I, I know a lot of people go back and forth. I, I'd say that Jose Aldo is the greatest fighter of all time, but that's neither here nor there. Max Holloway is still a legend in the sport, a Hall of Famer for sure. Um, you also go back to the fact that against uh, the current champion, Alexander Volkanovsky, he had two close fights. The first one, probably a bit more clear for Volkanovsky, for being honest, but still uh, close regardless. And the second one, there's a lot more um, to go with. There's a lot more dispute. I still have a one in that second fight. I've seen it three times. Yeah. Yeah, see, like, there's a, there's a lot of people who, who think that. Um, I, I'm currently, I, I thought that Max won on the night. Um, however, I was a bit in the bin, so I don't really know exactly what happened in that fight. I, I can go rewatch and give you an opinion uh, probably next week. But yeah, right. uh, still, even, even if you think that Max lost that fight, you can't deny that it was close. Um, and then Max comes out and takes on Calvin Cater, who we know is a tremendous boxer, and just puts it on him, just totally showcases his ability on the feet. So if, if you're looking at this federal division, there's no way someone like Max Holloway doesn't deserve a title shot next. Even though Yair Rodriguez did, uh, excuse me, Chang Sung Jung, he did really good over the weekend against a guy like Dan Ige, who's really hard to put away. Um, yeah, I mean, Korean Zombie just lost to Brian Ortega kind of recently. Um, and his victory over Danny Gay wasn't significant enough, in my opinion, to take the shot away from Holloway. However, we'll see what happens with Holloway's injury. If he's out for longer, then I have no problem with Korean Zombie stepping in for a title shot against either Volkanovski or Ortega. Right. I think that we saw so we saw Korean Zombie obviously lose to Brian Ortega in sort of dismantling fashion, but I, the performance over the weekend against the guy in Danny, who's not a slouch at all, and has actually shown as of recent that he's really someone to be feared in this division. Um, I think that performance was just so well that he's right there in the top. And then with the Max Holloway injury, this blows the top of the division wide open. Because like we said, yeah, year's tied up right now. We don't know who's going to fight. Obviously, we have Ortega and Volkanovski. Number one is Max. Max is out. So then it leaves Chen Sung Jung as really the only number one contender here depending on who Yair Rodriguez fights and the result of that fight because I, I suppose it depends too on the Ortega-Volkanovsky fight if it's super close and Volkanovsky loses it maybe you give him the rematch right away um, but I, like I said I would love to see Yair fight someone down there Josh Emmett even I I, I haven't heard anything about him I haven't heard anything from Cal I, I, we haven't heard anything from Calvin Cater since 
Max effectively ended his life. I, I don't know what happened to him. I don't know where he's gone. I haven't heard shit about him. Um, but I love this Arnold Allen kid, 17-1 and one right now. He's super dangerous. Um, I believe he's from Liverpool, too. So you have someone else – or he's from England. So we have someone else from England uh, ready to go and get that get that uh, that market back into the fight game. Um, there's just a lot of options here at the top of the uh, featherweight division. So we'll see what the UFC, the UFC decides, decides to do, to do. Um, going forward. And then we'll have to wait and see – what the deal is with Max and who Yair decides he wants to fight. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if you look at the top of these fellas, yeah. All right, another Zoom pause. Uh, we're going to get to the end of the episode here, but we're going to talk real quick about Cheeto Vera, and then we'll talk about the main event next week. Uh, Theo, I didn't really see this fight. I tried to catch as much as I could, but I didn't see all of it. So I don't know if you want to talk about it real quick. What a performance by Cheeto Vera. Um, I mean, heading into this, I wasn't necessarily sold on Cheeto. I thought he did pretty well against uh, El- Jose Aldo in a losing performance. Um, but uh, David against the guy he's had history with. This is a rematch of a fight that happened a while ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Davey Grant coming over from England. Cheeto Vera representing... Um, Something Spanish. Portugal? Oh, man. I, I'm going to find I'm that for you. I can't remember it. But, um, yeah, I mean, they, we knew this was going to be a great fight coming into it. They both have that forward pressure. They come to bang, and they, they have really good shins, both of them. Um, Ecuador. 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 Thank you. So, uh, I honestly thought that uh, Cheeto Vera won all three rounds. Um, in this, in this fight, what I was really impressed with was Cheeto Vera's elbows coming down the middle. Mm-hmm. He would it, almost Tony Ferguson-esque, like that Wing Chun kind of style, throwing the elbow yeah. upwards at somebody. Um, it was it was super, super impressive. Um, but not only that, but Cheeto looked fast. He looked slick. He was dodging punches and returning with excellent counters in the pocket, mind you, within range. So, yeah. um, But as I can't lie, as soon as this fight ended... The only fight that I want to see Cheeto Vera in next is a rematch with Sean O'Malley. Because, yeah. because not, first of all, I hate when people try to discredit Cheeto Vera's victory against Sean O'Malley because yeah. of the, it's because of drop foot. Yeah, Listen, yeah, Cheeto Vera earned that victory. We can't say it's a fluke. We can't say any of that because he absolutely deserved it. Mm-hmm. Now, however, I still believe Sean O'Malley is the better fighter of the two. I do too. Okay. And if you're the UFC and you want to promote Sean O'Malley to be the next big star, you got to let him get that win back. And then you can and set I up think, even, a, depending on who wins, I would assume Sean O'Malley could set up a trilogy fight now early in his career. Right. And uh, Sean O'Malley is fighting next month at UFC 264 against another unranked opponent. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Cheeto Vera is ranked at 13th right now. Um, I think that's an appropriate step up because in this fight that he's uh, Sean O'Malley's about to have, people were calling from a fire ranked opponent. So Cheeto's an appropriate step up. They have a yep. history. I guarantee you, Cheeto would love to silence him again, steal all his hype again. Right. Um, and I guarantee you, Sean O'Malley wants that win back. So in my opinion, it's a great match to have. Yeah, that would be a that would be a statement victory, as they say, for Cheeto. Right. If he could get it done twice against Sean O'Malley and. If he does it without doing drop, but granted, not to take away, that isn't a legitimate strike because it is, but still. Um, so I agree with you. I would love to see them fight again. Uh, we'll see how handily Sean O'Malley can take care of his opponent, if he can take care of his opponent. 
at UFC 264. Um, now we'll talk real quickly and wrap up here. We got UFC Fight Night Gane versus Volkov from the UFC Apex Center. That is going to be on Saturday, June 26th. Early start, 4 p.m. card. Prelims will start at 1 p.m. Um, Cyril Gane versus Alexander Volkov. We've talked about Volkov in the past. He's looked really good in his last two fights. The bounce back after the Derek Lewis fight, he's completely changed his fight style. So much more technical, and he's using his size super well. So, um a fantastic matchup here with Silganya, eight and zero, looking to silence him and looking to get him his first loss in the UFC in professional mixed martial arts. What do you think about this fight, man? I've been telling you guys for a while now. Cyril Gan, he's the dark horse in the heavyweight division. Mm-hmm. Um, coming into th- this fight this weekend, um, he's taken on Alexander Volkov, who we've also mentioned on on this network. Um, has been extremely improved since he got the back tattoo and he's made adjustments uh, since. And he's learned a lot in his losses, too, that, that he's had. Um, I think Alexander Volkov's a lot more patient on the feet than he used to be. He makes better decisions on the feet. Um, however, you've got a guy in Ciro Gan who is an extremely seasoned striker. Um, he's a fantastic kickboxer. I, I think probably the best in that top of that heavyweight division. Um, but I think it's honestly 1A and 1B with him and Alexander Volkov. Volkov is also a tremendous uh, kickboxing talent himself. So uh, we're going to see. I-, I wouldn't say this one's going to be necessarily action-packed. I think they're going to both throw a lot of feints in this fight. But uh, still, it's going to be inter- interesting to see um, who emerges from this and what it means for the rest of the heavyweight division. Yeah, you made a great point, too, there. With the Volkov has uh, definitely learned from his losses. You can see it in every fight. He just gets better and better since that Derek Lewis loss. So I'm excited to see this and see him mix up the uh, heavyweight division. We'll see if he can go from where he is ranked right now. I believe he's somewhere in the middle there. Uh, Alexander Volkov at four, uh, five. So we're going to need three. So we're looking at some serious um, moves in the top of that division, regardless of the outcome. Uh, yeah, so that'll wrap up for this episode. Um, we have the fights next weekend, and then I believe the UFC has a week off leading up to the McGregor fights. I might be wrong. Am I wrong about that? No. 26th? Nope, you're correct. That's right. So, yeah. So, we'll have you back here next Tuesday to talk about this weekend's card. We'll be off the week after that, and then our buddy... Dio, Teddy Benders, the international man of mystery, will be down in Vegas to cover this fight for Severe MMA, and I'm sure he'll have lots to talk about once we get back after that. So, uh, Dio, anything else you want to add before we wrap up? Nah, uh, just be ready, because next week we're, we're done with the Zoom interruptions. We're going to have an in-person <laughs> podcast. Yes, we'll be recapping this weekend's card, and of course, previewing one of the biggest events of the year, UFC 264 in Las Vegas, Nevada. How fitting. How fitting. He just cuts out for me right there. <laughs> That'll wrap it up for this episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening, and we appreciate all the support and input and everything like that. We will talk to you next week.